0: Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week we're joined by Liam, a man I met from the DuckFeed.TV Slack. Everyone take a drink. Uh, Liam is a musician from Australia, who uh, so we naturally get into a conversation very quickly about music and how it relates to the Souls games. Um, there's some personal stuff in here, so, you know, some stuff about alcoholism and things like that. So, if you have uh, any kind of issues with that, just be on the lookout for it. And I wanted to give you a heads up. As always, if you'd like to become, be on the podcast, send me an email to dguspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the episode. had the dark souls soundtrack on your phone i actually have the uh the silent comedy album right they, they were the guys that did the uh soundtrack for like the, what i consider the best dark souls trailers um, okay and they were like the they were like kind of the rock dark souls one trailers um oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah 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 i saw yeah okay, you know was, what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. yeah um really really good stuff and i, I just based on the trailers i went mean, out and bought their whole album it's okay cool solid.
1: yeah good and then and then they have no songs about dark souls on the album and you're just disappointed
0: <laughs> no songs whatsoever about Dark Souls. Yeah. I mean, um, it definitely kind of has a theme. Right. Like, they had some stuff, but uh, it wasn't like nobody says the word solaire. So that's probably, <laughs> oh, probably a positive thing. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I love it when um, we are not even. I guess this is. I could probably start us in now because we're yeah, recording. Co- uh, it's your show. Like, but a- I love it when. Um, I love my, one of my favorite things is when hip hop guys do beats yep. based around uh video game loops. Yeah. And for some reason like Wiz Khalifa has done like three hip hop tracks based on uh Chrono Trigger music. Really? Oh. And, yeah. And it's <laughs> they are so fucking good, man. Like they are so great. I don't know, like but that stuff is just my jam. Like when Lil Wayne sampled the uh the Sword and Sorcery uh EP. Right like, that iPhone video game, like, he sampled, like, one of the tracks from that in one of his songs, and Yeah, I was like, this is so good! Yeah, I, I love it! <laughs> um, have you heard of the band Mr. Bungle? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's With, um,
1: Mike Patton. Uh, Mike, thank you. Mike yeah. Patton, yeah. Um, on their first album, the first album, it's not that good. It's, like, porno funk metal. Um, yeah. And it, do- it doesn't compare to their later work, but they have a song um, on it. It's the second song called Slowly Going Deaf," um, And it's, like, this, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers thing. Uh, and then halfway through the song, like the song stops, and you just hear the um, the Mario theme from when you get on the flag in Mario One. The song stops; <laughs> it's just, that theme just plays for fifteen seconds, and then they go straight back into like funk metal about <laughs> like finding someone's dick in like a popcorn bag or some shit like that. Sure, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and it's really Typical
0: Mike Patton, thing. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and it's really out of place. But also, like having that sort of reference point to something familiar is. Um,
0: it's played for humor in a way that's really refreshing. Um, he has another project called Phantom uh, Yes. Yes. So, and their second album, or their second album to me, actually, I don't know much about the band. I had their first album, which is their metal album that was based on horror movie themes, yep. stuck in my CD player for about a year and <laughs> a half. So I have that one memorized. Their yeah. second one, I think it's called Suspended Animation, and it's basically like a kind of hard metal album but built around all of these like Looney Tune sounds and gags. <laughs> <laughs> <Ready for take-off. laughs> it's absolutely delightful oh. kind of like you said like it's played for humor in a really interesting angle like it's yeah. not like it's not like goofy but it's kind of com- i don't know it's hard to explain without you listening to it but just like crazy like hardcore metal and then bronger kind yeah. of weird noises like it's just it's fun yeah. um there's also a, like just thinking
1: about that theme there's also a band that i really really like called um, disco inferno um they're a british post post rock 90s band um, and their music was built by constructing samples out of um, other people's music. So they took mm-hmm. the pickups out of their guitars and drums and replaced them with MIDI pickups. Um, and usually when you do that, like, you hit a note and it'll play a piano note. Or, mm-hmm. like, a keyboard note or something. Um, but when these guys would, like, strum a G chord, it would be six, like, samples of fireworks going off. Or cameras <laughs> or, like, the sound of like some, someone walking through snow. And... Um, the first thing you hear on their most popular song which is called um, It's a Kid's World Um, it's like the drum loop from Lust for Life by Iggy Pop slowed down and then it stops for a moment and then you hear like a dozen children's themes being played at once from the guitar player like just strumming his guitar madly and it's like (laughs) wow like all these things like clashing onto each other cutting each other off Um, and it like it shouldn't work because it sounds totally chaotic and messy but they somehow managed to make a pop song out of a broken drum loop and a dozen children's themes, all laid on top of each other, and then the chorus hits, and there's a different dozen children's themes.
0: Oh, excellent! Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, because you know you don't want to get <laughs> bored. Boor- you don't want to get bored, so. Um, we, we are obviously you, you've obviously got like a big background in music, and you, you mentioned earlier you were making this EP. Yeah, um, are, are you just to bring it back to the Souls games? Oh like, yeah how do you how do, how do you view the soundtracks to the Souls games? Like, and I, and for the listeners out there. Um, You've only played Dark Souls one, two, and three. I, uh, so I, yes, and Bloodborne, right? I'm a okay. PC guy.
1: I have watched Bloodborne and I've watched Demon's Souls speed runs, but I've not actually played mm-hmm. them. And I think that's actually pretty important, um, because I think like one of the integral things about Dark Souls is um, the lived experience of playing the games. Um, uh, like watching watching the games doesn't really give a viewer like the um, the experience of actually trying to fight through the difficulty of these games. Um, Which I'm sure, like, people who are listening to this are familiar with, like, the idea that Dark Souls is difficult. And it's actually, it's not that hard. But it's, like, learning how to, sort of, get familiarity with the, um, like, the control scheme and, sort of, um, the embodiments that's involved with playing these games. Um, And I think the music in each boss fight or each area is really integral in sort of um, influencing how a player will actually go about acting within that physical space. Um, Thinking about, mostly about like Dark Souls 3 themes at the moment, because that's like the stuff I'm like most familiar with, like right at the moment. Um, I don't think that soundtrack is amazing. I think it's playing off a lot of, um, like it's like... A criticism that's levelled to Dark Souls Three is that it plays off a lot of things from Dark Souls One and like doesn't earn sort of the nostalgia points that it's sort of given through referencing things from Dark Souls One. Um, but I think the music, um, when it's done right, it influences play in a really interesting way that the best themes from Dark Souls One do as well. Um, and the, for the one, I, the, the thing, the ones that I'm thinking most of um a deacons of the deep which i think is a tremendous tremendous piece of
0: music um this is really convenient because i just listened to the bonfire side chat on yeah. this and they played the boss music like so i've literally heard this song earlier today yeah uh like, <laughs> so, like good choice <laughs> <laughs> that that wasn't like um <laughs> that, that that
1: wasn't like intentional at all we totally planned that out oh yeah of course um did. yeah sure but, mm-hmm. but like the criticism labeled of Dark Souls 3 is that it's full of bombastic choirs and timpanis and it's all, like, big, dramatic, over-the-top, um, like, big, bombastic music. And the deacons from the D theme is actually, like, really quiet and creepy and eerie. And it fits that boss fight a lot because you're not fighting a big, giant monster that's 30 foot tall. You're fighting a bunch of deep, corrupted monks who are in this dark sanctuary and you have to, like, fight through the corpses of, like, their comrades as they, tr- like, transfer souls between each, like, monk and the... Monk? Monk? It's a monk, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Sure.
1: Um, yeah, it's been a couple of months since I played that fight. Um, but, like, the-, the music and the way it shifts halfway through the fight, like, influences the pacing of the fight. Because once it goes from just these generic monks to Archie and Royce, like, the music it doesn't speed up but it gains an intensity that sort of influences the player to like have to like really speed up their actions and sort of fight with a sense of urgency, which is also um, developed by the implementation of curse orbs in that fight by the extra monks that spawned by the side. Um, so that's like I think that's like a good example of how uh, music influences play and um, how important it is to have a music a soundtrack that fits each particular bo- um, boss fight. And I think Dark Souls Three mildly succeeds at most of that. Um, I think the th- the other success, not not to be controversial here, but the um, the final boss of the game um, has an extremely effective shift in music halfway through the fight. Because as Dark Souls Three is a Souls game that attempts to subvert your per- like your expectations, um, like the disappointing thing is every fight in this game has two phases. Um, which I was, like, kind of not, like, I was a little let down by by that final fight. I was expecting, like, after I got through the second phase, oh, is something else going to come? Oh, no. The fight's over. I just beat Dark Souls. Eh. Um, but
0: the, the like, the emotion... See, I can't... I, man, I cannot disagree with you more on, on, yeah? that, on the, the... On the... that You're talking about the Soul of Cinder, where, like, when yes. Twins theme comes in for the second phase? Yeah. That... I remember playing it, and I don't... And it's funny because I was I, I was literally just editing a podcast where I was talking about this. So sorry, listeners, you can hear me <laughs> say to tell the same story twice. But uh-huh. um, I remember like being in that fight, and there's I don't know if it was just because I was kind of worn out because um, the end of a Souls game is always a slog. Yeah, like you kind of have to. You, you realize like you wrote the last like two things you have to do, and you're like, I have to do this. I've done everything else. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah, I totally agree. Right. Ready to be done with this. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if it was just that, and then the The double whammy of like the last two bosses in that game having two health bars, yeah, um, both of which are a surprise. So like I get down, I you know I I get this dude down and I kill him, and he like respawns with all of his thing, and then like (laughs) Gwen's theme starts playing like mixed into this weird discordant thing. And people have told me that like I need to listen to that outside of the fight, that I need to go like listen to it separately. And I should probably go do that sometime and just listen to that the actual song. Yeah, man. At the time, I remember just like, oh really fucking really <laughs> like ugh. Um, like and i just i was really deeply unsatisfied when gwyn's theme comes came on it, it, mm. like I, I went into that fight and i saw the
1: fight going on i was like something's up here this looks really really familiar and then i got killed like 10 times in a row because i'm bad at these games um and then i got to the second part and it hit, and like gwyn's theme started hitting And i just went oh oh i know exactly what to do here um i this this like reminds me of like the intense positive experiences i had playing dark souls one Um, And it, it like, and emotionally, like, really got me. Um, And and I think that's because, like, I primarily focus on, like, the experience of play when playing these games. I don't really Mm -hmm. place that much importance into, like, lore or story. So, like, as unsatisfying as Dark Souls 3 lore may or may not be, like, for me, in that that period of playing the game in sort of an intense, like, week, um, and getting to this final area and being, like, suddenly confronted by something you've seen before... It, like, it just hit me really, really hard, in a way. And, like, I, listening to it outside of that um, boss fight, like, I listen to that when I'm walking, like, down to the pub. Um, because, you know, of course you do. You want, you want to be prepared when you're you going to play trivia. You know, you don't want to... Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, it holds up really well, um, I think. Uh, I think the dynamism and sort of how the music changes within each boss fight... Um, like that's lost a little with the soundtrack, but I think still like the actual composition and the recording of those songs is still like very well done. Um, and it holds up quite well, I think. And it still like chokes me up a little bit every time I hear it because I think, oh, this is Gwyn's theme. I remember how I played Dark Souls One and that like got like beating Gwyn caused me to run around the room screaming in joy. Like that's like that's an incredibly like emotional experience for me. And like every time I hear it, I sort of just think of it the same way I think of, like, a song that influenced my
0: life or something like that. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I'm not, like, oh, I don't like, want to argue, I, I don't want to seem like I'm trying to take that away. I just, for me, oh. man, it just it just felt totally flat. No, yeah.
1: exactly. Like, we have different experiences, so of course mm-hmm. we're going to have different opinions on that, you know? Subjectivity is my, good. Um,
0: my, my my, weird thing with Dark Souls music is trying to listen to um, the Ornstein and Smo music yep. without, with, like when it's not in the fight <laughs> and the whole time i'm listening to it i'm like this sounds weird i wonder why it sounds weird and i realized that oh it's because i can't hear all of the columns crumbling yeah like, exactly. like that audio is missing and that's in- that's not integral to the song but like i'm so used to hearing it with the columns <laughs> yeah that it's it sounds weird without it yeah
1: like these games have really really good sound design and sort of um the way the music like interacts with like a giant monster trying to like destroy the building around you is like expertly well done. Like, I think better done than most other video games.
0: Um, like, they pull it off more often than they don't. What, um... When did you play Dark Souls for the first time? Um, this... Okay, uh, this story is probably gonna be quite long and quite dark, so...
1: I Apologies to anyone who's expecting something happy, but, like, I'm, I'm gonna be honest about this, so... Um first time i heard about dark souls um was december 2011 um and for for context like at this time i was 19 um and like this is actually kind of important because i've been thinking about this a lot before i started um before i came on here um i was 19 like i've always been kind of like a shy somewhat socially awkward kid but this time like i was like the like you know like the the kid at uh, university who's not the coolest kid but who's like kind of cool Yes, yes, I was like that guy. Um, okay, so like life was pretty good, um, and I was getting back into games because I'd gone off. i gone on a long hiatus because I just didn't have a PC to play games on. I just bought like a gaming PC, a gaming laptop, like a year ago or a year prior to that. Um, and I was listening to Giant Bomb's Game of the Year podcasts. Um, they do it at the end of the year, and Patrick Klepek brought up Dark Souls as like a game of immense difficulty, immense like. Like, all the misnomers that are given about Dark Souls, like, it's obscure, and it's difficult, and you won't be able to finish it, yada, yada, yada. And being, like, a 19-year-old guy who had the world at his feet and was incredibly confident, I thought, oh, yeah, I could do that. Like, this game isn't going to be that hard. I can, like, I'll beat it in, like, two days. Sure. Um, but, like, it was on PS3, and I didn't have a PlayStation. Like, I've never had a Sony console,
0: so. um, Was it out on Xbox at the end of 2011? It may have been. It was, yeah. um, because I think I started in the end of 20, 2011. Okay, As, uh, I think it came. Wait, wait, hold on. Because Demons came out in two thousand nine. Yeah, Dark came out in two, in like fall of two thousand eleven. Yeah, like and, it wasn't until the next year that I think they came out on PC. It was like Artorias, o- it was this. August next. The next yeah, year. yeah, yeah. So um, it was about a year later. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So at that time, like I live in Australia. Um, the Australian dollar was like we buy our games on Steam in US dollars. Um. Yeah. Which is odd because everyone else buys another liquid currency, but at that time that meant I could buy like any game I wanted on Steam without consequences to whether I actually play it because like games cost like four dollars a pop, so that's like I can go buy a coffee or I can buy like the bunny of Isaac or whatever. Um, so I bought mm-hmm. Dark Souls at the end of 2012 in a Steam sale, and I decided, okay, this game it's not it's not that you know not that hard. I'll beat it in like a week, whatever. Um, so I immediately launched it uh, on PC. Without DS Fix, without a controller, uh, <laughs> so I'm so I'm playing this game with a keyboard. Um, I run up to the first guy in the Undead Asylum and I get killed. I'm like, oh, sh- this is hmm, this isn't great. Uh, run up to him again, get killed again, and this, like this is the first guy who's like banging his head against the wall, who's not hostile towards you.
0: Like he killed me twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, that's oh. great you know, and I don't think I've heard of anybody dying to the first because yeah.
1: <laughs> like the control scheme was so obscure uh, without DS fixed the game was contrary to one quarter of my monitor um, and I thought this was just oh this is like some weird psychological horror thing like it'll like resolve itself in the next you know hour or so so I, got, I went through the undead asylum died to uh, the asylum demon uh, uh, like 20 times and said you know fuck this game I'm out this game is stupid this game is for you know weird I want to be the guy players I'm never coming back to it fuck it (laughs) Um, so Uh, end of 2012 I um, graduated from uni I started my masters program and they like paid me a scholarship to like go study history idiots (laughs) Um, (laughs) and the next two years were like the like 2013 and 2015 were the worst years of my life like really 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 bad um i was going to a master's program to like get into a phd and become an academic um and i did pretty well i got a phd position but i went from having a paid master's position to having an unpaid phd position and that was just not tenable with my economic position um i had like an extremely negative relationship with my mother that disintegrated along that period of time um and i developed like a really bad alcohol abuse problem like i was drinking like by the end of my master's program i was drinking like Half a bottle to three quarters of a bottle of whiskey every single day for like months on end. Like I put on a ton of weight. I um, I was um, uh, like I'd spent all my scholarship money that I'd had left over in like a month because I went to Melbourne and spent like twelve hundred dollars on booze in a week. Um, like t- stuff was completely off the rails. Um, mm-hmm. like in a really 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 bad way. Um, but like the one shining light during that two years of like horrible shit. Um, was, like, I bought a control for my PC. And I went, okay, this is something I can work with. And I played a bunch of Rogue Legacy, because Rogue Legacy is great. And then I played through Dark Souls. And I'm playing through Dark Souls, like, at 11 o'clock at night. I'm really drunk. Uh, and I got to the Gargoyles. Uh, because I, I I beat the Asylum Demon. And I was like, yeah! Uh... Went up against the Taurus Demon, like, went through the Undead Burg, spent, like, 10 hours in there, like, as everyone does, like, learning the controls, figuring out why the controls in this game are so bad. Um, uh, Got through the Taurus Demon, that was fine. Went through the Parish, like, pretty much without consequence. Got up to the Gargoyles and just couldn't do it. Like, I probably went into that fight, like, 150 times and just could not do it. Um, So I put the control down again, didn't look at Dark Souls for another few months. This was, like, maybe August 2014. I think time wise okay. so like so I was, this is not not long ago this is not that okay. long ago um, but like mm-hmm. this is like worst period of my life I'm trying to find a release and Dark Souls is making things worse um, so let's not do that uh, so I graduated with a master's degree um,
0: and I was unemployed it's, a, it's impressive that you m- maintained like the functionality to do that throughout like all of the drinking and everything yeah like, it, I, like, I, I, I genuinely don't know how because I was playing these games in like a blackout state for the most part at this period of time um, yeah, I, I was, um, I, I have, I have experience with alcoholism in my own life and, yeah. uh, it's, you know, there's definitely like the functioning alcoholics and, yeah. you know, they can, they, you know, they get up, they go to work and then they, you know, slam booze all night yeah. and then they get up and they go to work and then they slam booze all night. And then there's the alcoholics that like just seem to drift around in a haze and yeah. like it. I have never heard of someone getting a master's degree <laughs> while well, well, consuming that much whiskey, the, the, the and thing... I'm not making I'm not making fun. I'm not making light of you at all. No, no, um,
1: that's that's totally fine. Uh, like substance abuse is really prevalent and rife in academia. So like, I had to get out to like sober up and just, like get a hold of my life again. Like if I like I know now, um, thankfully with like clarity of insight, um, if I'd done a PhD, I'd be dead because I would have drank myself to death. Like it was getting really, really bad, um, and like. In essence, like, failing at, like, both Dark Souls and at academia was, like, the thing I absolutely needed because I'd never failed at anything in my life before. But, like, running across, like, this incredibly difficult game that I just couldn't do, it was, like, a really humbling experience. Um, so, like, like, I was drinking a lot. Um, like, this thing about Dark Souls was, like, in the back of my brain. Like, I was, always, I was thinking, I should, like, get back to that because fuck that game. Like, that game is not actually that hard. I just haven't learned it yet. Um, like, my life went to shit, like, I was depressed, I was, like, like, considering suicide, uh, I was, um, like, broke, I had no money, um, (laughs) and, uh, eventually I went to a party, um, like, the host of the party got really drunk and, like, almost, like, died from vomiting, and my priority wasn't, let's make sure this guy's okay, my priority was I want to get really drunk. And that was, like, the sober point. I was, like, okay, like, this behavior is no longer tenable. I need to stop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that was, that was, like, the end of my drinking. Like, I got sober, like, went to, like, therapy after that. Like, and, like, life very gradually got better. Um, so that was in February. That was February 9th, 2015, when I was, like, drinking is done. Uh, and that Easter, I was, like, bored. I had no money. I was depressed. Uh, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I sent my friend a message saying, you know what would be funny? We should, like, do a Dark Souls race. Because neither of us had played the game at that point. Like, we had just gone, um, like, you know, we, we, we both bought Dark Souls, but we never actually engaged with it. So, over that Easter break of four days, like, in America, do you guys get, like, four days off
0: from work and stuff? Uh, um, not, not really. It kind of depends. Um, right. But not, not really. We don't get four days straight, usually. But... Right. Yeah. Like, Sydney shuts down
1: for four days over Easter, which is, uh, I have thoughts about that. I'm not particularly pro it, but a four-day holiday is always good, except when you're under. Yeah, nobody, or nobody or... is ever
0: going to complain about a holiday, regardless right, if yeah. it's for you know, um, you know, if it's for Jesus getting up in the desert, or if it's for you know somebody <laughs> like, you know, becoming a president or something like you know Lincoln's birthday. Like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll take that day off work. Like, that's fine, whatever. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to argue against it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> I'm no, that's that, that's okay.
1: Um, so I sat down and I like played Dark Souls to like 12 hours every day like start a new character and I started with the master key and which is important because you know how everyone in Dark Souls does the mistake of going to the catacombs first yep Um. so I'd gone through like the undead asylum and I was like this isn't working I'd gone to the catacombs and I went this, is, this isn't working but I didn't remember those things because I was playing these games like completely tanked each time so I got the master key and instead of going up those places I went down uh, and I went down through Blighttown and got promptly demolished by Quay as the first boss Okay. Um, and went i no, I want to put this down, but like I know if like if i don 't play it and i don 't finish it, it will always be hanging over my head. so I like put like twelve hours a day into it every day um, and I remember like finally getting to the gargoyles going, all right, so wipe my brow let 's let 's do this and I got it like on the third try. And I was I felt like such elation and sort of victory in myself. Um I was like, like it was like a sort of happiness I hadn't felt for like a very, very long time. Uh and then and then I went to the like the um Low Undead Berg, and then you like you run into Capra, which I think is like one of the best bosses in video game history. But like at the moment of playing it it was intensely frustrating because I spent like four or five hours on it. Uh but then but then I um like, because I just couldn't figure out how to do that boss. Um, I was going in sword and board. Like, I had a shield up. I was trying to run around. I was trying to, like, you know, run to the right, run to the left. Like, go between his legs. I just couldn't figure out a strategy to it for it. Um, And eventually, like, I lucked out and fell on his head at one point. Stabbed him in the face and he died. And, like, like I almost cried at how successful I had felt at that point. I was like, okay, okay. Like, whatever challenge you throw in front of me, Dark Souls, I can do it. And, like, that was the moment of getting, like, completely and utterly hooked. Like, I felt, like, such elation at sort of developing, like, the physical skill of, like, manipulating the control in a way that I could beat this very difficult boss in a very sort of particular um, game environment. And, like, that was it. Like, I was off to the races at the point. Um, Mm -hmm. So I played through Dark Souls 1 over, like, a month or two... I struggled... Who won every- the race? Uh, like, my friend quit after Taurus Demon. Okay. Like, yeah. he... he, he like, <laughs> as usually yeah. how that goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, 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 just, he just went, eh, I've got better shit to do. Like, I don't want to spend 40 hours playing this dumb Japanese game. Um, but, like, for me, it was, like, a real... Like, that was the beginning of, like, healing from that really rough period of my life. Um, so I, like, I went through each boss. Like, some bosses took, like, two or three goes some things i'd bang my head against the wall for weeks um, like i couldn't get onstein and smo the first time like i just couldn't do it um, i tried to like i tried to figure out a way around it i tried to like go and um like figure out what can i do before then i think i actually went can you um i think you know this more than I can can you kill sif before you kill
0: onstein and smo mhm you, okay, so. you can kill you can si- if you want if you really wanted to you could make uh, sif your first boss Really? Yeah, okay. cuz all all you need to do is get 20 soul 20,000 souls and um go over there to him.
1: So, oh, cuz you can go like through Blight
0: Town like using the master key and then go through Dark Route or something like that. You can you can do that or you can just go the normal way. Um Oh no, you'd have to you'd have to have the key to get past the tourist Demon, I guess yeah, that's the only right. hang up. But you could um, do it pretty quick. Yeah, you could you could do it pretty easily. Yeah.
1: I, like I might have killed Sif before I killed All Seen of Smoke because I got those 20,000 souls and I was like alright let's do this thing and then I hit a wall and I was like okay gotta sit down and kill Fatty and Pikachu um and like I eventually did and felt just elation at it and like the, like, the doors were like proverbially open at that point and um I felt like I'd like developed a skill to um like do whatever the game required me to do at that point um and from there like like my mood started to slowly improve. I started to, like, feel, like, a sense of hope as to, like, what I could do in the future. Um, like, like, like I wasn't always going to be, like, this perpetually unemployed dude who just, like, sobered up and now is going to work shitty service jobs. Um, like, I, like if you throw a challenge at me, I can do it. Um, so I went through the game, uh, loved every, like, minute of it. I even liked the better chaos because I'm a masochist. Uh, <laughs> and then, like... I um finished Gwin, uh, like I beat Gwyn and I couldn't get Gwyn because I've played three of these games. I have put like 250 hours into these games combined. At this point, I still don't know how to parry, like at all. I can't <laughs> it's do it. Not hard, man. Yeah, you it's can do it. it's super hard. Like, and I've tried like I've tried going to the first like after beating Dark Souls three, like going to like the foot of the wall, through on the wall, or foot of the wall. Yeah. And like learning to parry and just get demolished every single time. Like it's something I couldn't. Like, like I've never learned how to do. Um, so, like, Gwyn was obviously pretty hard because, like, if you parry, Gwyn's a piece of cake. If you don't, he's a pain in the ass. But I, I like, eventually, like, banged my head against it, banged my head against it, and did it. And, um...
0: Just, to, just for comparison, uh, the first time I ran across Gwyn was with my caster run. Right. So It was pure oh, yeah. intelligence. Yeah. And, um... It ended up just being, and I at that point hadn't learned how to parry either because it was my first Souls game. But yeah, it ended up being a thing where it was just me casting homing crystal soul mass <laughs> and then dodging and then waiting for it to trigger it and hit him, and then recasting homing crystal soul mass <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah, so I, I I've beaten Gwen the hard way. Like it's and it's, right. it's not fun. Yeah, and that's. Like what I- that's a long run to a boss too that's a grind of a boss yeah although
1: it's like i mean i really enjoy that run but yeah it's a pain in the like i imagine it's far worse if you're a caster i have still not done a casting run of any of these games because i just can't aim the fucking things i also like i'm not very observant to things like lore or um like notes in the field so i Mm -hmm. learned how to lock on in the dark souls 2 dlc Oh no! Yeah, I've ne- I, like I was <laughs> manually aiming bows and like spells before that point, trying to figure out how to do it. I just couldn't get it done. And then like I so- was,
0: you know, I was I was gonna ask you and during your Dark Souls one run, like yeah. were you looking at wikis? Were you like, um, going that's... online and talking to people and asking about builds and things like that? Because that seems to be a natural tendency to like what people's first run, like they. As much as people want to talk about, like I want to experience Dark Souls blind, like the first time you play Dark Souls, um, you get to a point and you're like, I need help. Like I am doing something yeah. wrong. Yeah. So yeah. Did you? Did you? Uh, I know. I'm pretty sure, sure, sure you felt that, but like, did you seek outside help?
1: Uh, like wikis a fair bit. Like I would look at like boss strategies and go, Oh, here, what do I need to do here? What do I like? What items do I need to get? Like I remember looking up right at the start and learning that you could get the Yuji katana from the first um merchant. And then I was like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. And like immediately went and killed him and like never learned what like his actual purpose was. Um, But like I wasn't, like I was playing these games in like social isolation. I wasn't talking to anyone at this point. Like I think I went like three months without leaving the house to go be social. So like I was definitely not talking to people about these games. Um, And that's like evident because I went back in like for for this episode, I was going to go play New Game Plus and play um, the DLC, which I've never done for Dark Souls 1. Uh, And my build was like, 50 strength 20 decks yuji katana stone armor so i don't think i was looking up bills that much i was just kind of yeah i was um i was looking on wikis like just for like advice for bosses i like hit my head against like better souls uh, better chaos sorry um like you're not going to figure out that boss by yourself like that's just yeah. an impossibility because I got, I got the first two bits pretty good i was like okay i can do this and i just couldn't like i went to the boss i had done no damage uh, it's throwing its like roots at me. What am I meant to do here? That's like a period. That's like a sort of thing where I'd look up a wiki. Um, but like I wasn't talking to anyone. I wasn't um, like looking up builds when I well, like I loaded up my last character for to play the DLC for this for like this episode. Um, because I'd never played the Dark Souls one DLC because it's really 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 obscure to get to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty difficult. Yeah, it, it's like a, it's a little much um and and my character had uh the yuji katana 50 strength 20 dexterity and stone armor so that's the sort of build i was rocking with um
0: okay so not really a build whatsoever no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
1: like a house made of like hay basically
0: you like, did say 50 strength and 20 dex yeah right? i wasn't with the yuji katana yeah I just want to make sure I heard that right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. you you're
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> um I, I didn't I didn't understand scaling. I didn't understand how the weapons work. I was just like, cool, strength looks good. Like I'm going to put all my points in like vitality and strength. Um and I'm if not thinking If I'm damage.
0: stronger, I can swing my sword faster exactly. and harder and yeah. I'll do more damage. Yeah.
1: And if I'm stronger, yeah. when this big thing hits me with its axe, I'm not going to die as fast, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. um Sure. Yeah, like, like totally made sense to my mind. And then, like once, like, once I finished, I went through the wikis, I did a bunch of reading, and I was like, oh, I s- okay, I get it now. And I was able to take an experience in the Dark Souls 2 later that year. Um, but yeah, I remember, like, just beating Quinn and just, like, not sobbing inconsolably, but, like, definitely being a little teary-eyed at the idea that, I'd, like, this incredibly difficult thing, I just went and beat. And, like, for the first time in, like uh my my thesis was like okay but like for the first time in like two and a half years I'd had some sort of like minor victory over something and just like that that was like a real spirit bo- like booster for me um so yeah like like I view like those like these games as like a healing thing in a sense like a really intense emotional experience even though like through like through the experience of play like, I don't, like, sit there and read the law and go, like, I'm going to sob over why Solaire's dying here or whatever. Like, I find the experience of go- going into a fight and, like, getting it to be, like, really intensely emotionally affecting.
0: Hmm. That's, you know, I don't think I've ever heard of, on this podcast yet, Um, there, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody identifying that... Much from an emotional perspective, with you know, triumphing over a video game. That's that's a really that's a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, it's something like I'm thankful that I've experienced it here, but it's also ruined all that of video games for me because I haven't felt it since. Um.
0: You got that psoriasis disease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, this is what happened with me in Skyrim. Everyone told me, "Oh, man, Skyrim's so amazing, you'll love it." And like, I played the first five minutes, and as soon as they throw you off the truck or car or, whatever, or the cart, yep. or whatever, uh, and you have like a like a little thing where you have to fight, I was like three seconds into the fight, you saying, "Nope, nope, yeah, just gonna pox this one back up and send it back." Not, yeah, not interested <laughs> in this whatsoever. Um,
1: I played Fallout Four in between playing Dark Souls One and Dark Souls Two, and mm-hmm. like I like. Before playing Dark Souls, Fallout was my favorite game franchise of all time, based on New Vegas. But playing Fallout Four was intensely disappointing, based on like my experience with Souls, because I'd go into a fight mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have any stakes. It wouldn't have any, um, like, um, no
0: gravitas. No gravitas. Like, was, yeah. No, yeah the, the world didn't ha- really have any weight. It was very obviously a video game. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. And it, like, there was also like in the VAT system. Say, like, there's always some element of luck or some element of like rng or number generation or like there's some element of the fight that's outside your control with dark souls like you can do any fight with any build like it's possible you just need to be good enough to do it like i don't know or don't believe that there's any element of luck in a dark souls boss fight and that's an incredible thing when pulled off well which dark souls mostly does really well like when you beat a boss in dark souls it's not because you got lucky and you hit it in the face a couple of times, as much as it may feel like that. It's because you learnt how to counter the bosses patterns, you learnt how to learn the bosses tells, and you develop the skill to um to uh, really become better at sort of
0: engaging with the mechanics of the game. I think that's mm-hmm. a really. Well, you learn how to exploit those. The, you learn how to exploit the boss. Like, yeah, you learn how to counter all of his attacks. Yeah, like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna you're a swing a red in this big smashy fist, and I know I have to dodge three times, and then I can strike twice, and then I need to figure out what you're gonna do next. Like, yeah. it's, it's learning the, that kind of push and pull of combat, which is incredibly um, satisfying. Yeah, like, a lot of people that I um, I talked to about Souls, they they always cite like that they played it for the first time. And then they bounced off of it, and it was like the most difficult time in the world. And then they saw someone else playing it at like some sort of weird challenge run and thought to themselves. And the one that I've heard the most, I think, is from a lot of my English crew that uh, (laughs) there was some pantsless run called No Pants Man, I think, or Pants Man. Um, Yeah. And like, I've remember, I've had several people tell me, like, I watched that and thought, well, if that dude can do it without pants. And, and just for the listeners, I'm talking about in the game. I'm not. I'm not talking about yeah. what people are actually dressed in as. But well. if that dude can do, do it without using like you know, leg armor, like I should be able to do this just with all full of armor. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Like, like that's a the, the skill based combat and like the the fact that like it's not. There's some bosses that get a little iffy on the RNG. Um, but right. like, but that's in terms this, of like
1: the patterns, more than just like oh, just hit me like for the most part anyway. I think Dark Souls 1 is a little guilty of RNG in regards to hitboxes, but we'll get to it. Like it's
0: Well, we I mean, it's it's I, I kind of find that Dark Souls 1 has the the best hitboxes or hurtboxes oh, out of the whole game. I do uh, not out agree. Of all three of them? I really do not agree. I, I find 2 is two is all over the place. Um, and I think my perspective on this may be skewed with PvP, and I'm not sure if right. I do a lot of PvP. No,
1: I, I only did PvP with Dark Souls 3. I've never done... I never summoned before yeah. Dark Souls 3 or anything like that. I always just did these games. Oh, so you didn't myself. really
0: play any multiplayer at all? No,
1: not really. Um, nice. But, I, like, doing this new Game Plus run, um, it really sort of, like, um, enveloped, like, sort of, like, really demonstrated the importance of, like, learning a boss's mechanics. Um, because, like, I went through Adolondo. New Game Plus, like, the same shitty build I used to play the game the first time. Uh, and you know those, like, gargoyle things that can't fly? Like, yeah. Yeah, I got, like, hit when they weren't anywhere near me, like, 20 times and killed. And, but then, like, and I like, got really, really frustrated, like, left it for a couple of days, came back, still got hit a bunch of times when they were nowhere near me, because, like, their scythe, like, went through, like, something six, six inches away from my arm or something. Uh... Then I went and I did the Anna Londo Archers first time, that, the New Game Plus. And then mm-hmm. I went and I beat Ornstein and Smo first time, New Game Plus. And that was like the encapsulation of, like okay, I've developed the skills to do this. And I could do this if I put my mind to it and I focus. And like, like Ornstein and Smo, like, it's a boss I spent hours doing in New Game. But now that I've learned a bunch of skills, I've come back to it with an increased difficulty level. Um,. Like, I can do this pretty easily, even with a shit build in, you know, New Game Plus where they get more HP or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, like, like by the end of, like, even though I've done that fight a few times and i played through Dark Souls 1 a few times, when I beat mm-hmm. that fight for the first time on New Game Plus, like, I was shaking with excitement afterwards, just because I couldn't <laughs> believe I'd done it. Like, that's the effect these games have on me. It's like, it's like some sort of, like, drug overdose or something.
0: Well, it's it's. I mean, it's like uh like you, you just get so into it. Like yeah, you know, you just have to like just unclenched afterwards. Like your your whole body is like heat up and like just tense. Yeah, because you just want to get it. <laughs> God damn it, God damn it. Um the the biggest part of the biggest. I know you haven't played Bloodborne, but there's some enemies yep. in Bloodborne that are towards the end of the game that have like zillions of health, uh, right. zillions of HP, versus like your and you've been. Curse with half of your health, yeah, and it's like at the time summoning in those areas was kind of broken. So when I was going through them, right? So I had I was doing it all solo. There was basically no chance of ever summoning anybody. Yeah, um, it like I have them up on my YouTube. Like two of those fights were both were like ten minutes plus. Yeah. And it's 10 minutes plus of like maybe being able to withstand one hit. <laughs> like some hits or and then you know, but most of the tits that would hit you would be like, no 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 no, you're not you you're going inst- to it's just it's instant death. Yeah. And uh coming off of those and just being like just finally winning after trying so many times <laughs> and like going like 8 or 9 minutes in and then fucking it up towards the end. Like that's yeah. a, that's the worst thing in the world. Like, oh my god. And yeah. It's yeah so frustrating. But when you finally do it it feels so good.
1: Yeah, like and that's the pull the thing that pulls me to these games, like the like risk reward of emotional response and um uh like being able to like learn how to do this thing within this sort of like this body you've like um you've um taken possession of. Um like I was um reading through some old papers like from undergrad a couple of days ago, and there's a paper by someone whose name escapes me right at the moment it's uh iris young and it's a paper called throwing like a girl it's about like a uh, feminism and how the embodiment of existing w- inside a woman's body it in- like influences their physical action so like mm-hmm. a woman currently throws so hard because she has like like the tendons in her arm are such like this strength or whatever um and like thinking about it that's kind of analogous to and anal- i that words pronounced like to like the experience of um like, learning how to utilize the tools available to you in each Dark Souls game. Like, each game plays differently in, like, a very physical manner. Um, And so you have to, like, go back and learn every, like, every time you go back into a game. You have to learn how that particular game, like, plays, how, like, the roll distance goes, how each character swings, how each weapon is different from game to game. Um, And, like, that experience of, like, learning how to inhabit sort of the virtual body it's also like it's a really interesting cool thing for me to sort of try to sort of get a grip on um and, and like going back and playing dark souls one and two simultaneously for Soul level one runs like the difference mm-hmm. in how like those games play is so evident when you go back oh absolutely the sort of
0: difference. yeah, like yeah Darks- y- there's they made they made like and i know some people don't like dark souls too i, I really like dark souls dude they're um, wrong they are so wrong I don't like oh. Dark Souls two as much as some people, but I like you're Dark Souls two a whole lot. Um, you're also so wrong. But <laughs> I can handle that. I don't mind being wrong. Um, I've been called worse by better. Yeah, so I'm not worse. Wait, was that insult? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah th- those games played dramatically different, and like the what's weird about Dark Souls three is that they like left a lot of those lessons on the table, right? Yeah, like they. They, they they really improved the core gameplay, and I think in some cases they you know made some of the core gameplay a lot worse. Um, yeah. But like oh. some of the things yeah. that they did were, were absolutely brilliant design decisions, and I was really hoping that they would stick with them for Dark Souls three. But it was it's very very apparent to me now that like they they listened to the fans' reaction, and unfortunately they didn't listen to the right fans' reaction. Like, yeah. I, I want them to go back and listen to uh, like bonfire side chat, and not <laughs> go read Reddit. I think that would be, like, if they go took their lessons from Bonfireside Chat and not read it, like, we'd have a much better Dark Souls 3 at this time. Like, you
1: should just get a Dark Souls game that's designed by Roars. That's what we all need.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. That's another fucking podcast that the cat's going to be mentioned on. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I'm I'm missing. There's a running joke I have about, uh, like, never going to be more of a a podcast superstar than Roars is. Yeah. Well, Nor shoot that. I I don't deserve it. No, you don't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um but yeah,
1: like I also like I think that sort of um like Dark Souls one and Dark Souls two are extre- like despite the law different like the law similar like the law connections between them, which I don't know that much about, or like the series, like I think they're actually extremely different games in sort of their um like the way they play. Like Dark Souls mm-hmm. one is a game of endurance, Dark Souls two is a game of brutality. Okay,
0: can you expand on that for
1: me? Um, So I'm thinking in terms of bonfires, in that sense. In Dark Souls 1, you run between each bonfire, and because you can only warp, like, warp halfway through the game, uh, and you can only, in that instance even, warp between certain bonfires, um, you have to, like, learn how to persevere through each challenge to get to the next point. Um, And then, like, when you're coming back, you have to, especially in the first half of the game, you have to learn how to come back the same way you came through so you have to take the like take the lessons you learnt through um persevering through these areas that are very difficult often such as uh sense fortress is a good example um Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to um go through each trap react to them appropriately um endure to that really an irritating bonfire halfway through the level like up outside (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and then once you get there, you have to figure out how to get through to the boss, like, get past the, um, like, the demon, like, the giant who's throwing bombs at you. And that's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. But then, like, if you want to come back, you have to figure out how to do all those traps in reverse unless you find the shortcut. And that's, like, that's the thing that you have to, like, um, you have to learn how to... Each, like, section of the game works in a discreet manner. But you have to work, learn how they... Um, how to go through them backwards and forwards and like every little thing about them. In yeah. Dark Souls 2, because you're warping between bonfires and you can warp back at any time, uh, I, think the, I feel like the difficulty is ramped up considerably because you only have to get through each area once. Um, unless you're looking for secrets or something like that. Or you're backtracking because you get a, um, a frequent branch of your... You want to explore a new path. But um, because you only have to go through each area once, they ramp up the difficulty considerably in a lot of areas especially in, like, the, the one I always think of is Iron Keep and the run-up to the Smelter Demon. Uh, oh, is, my God. That is a Jesus. brutal, brutal run. Um,
0: in vanilla or Scholar?
1: Uh, I've, only, I've only played Scholar, so...
0: Okay, yeah. And in, in vanilla, it's slightly less bad. Um, right. Like, there, there's less alone knights. Uh, yep. Arlan alone, whatever. Yeah. Um, but there are... There's a archer or two yep. that are... Position in such a way that you can't really get to them, so you have to dodge the arrows while you're dealing with the alone knights. Like, yeah, in both versions, it's hell. Like, it's it's a grinder. Like, it's it's very much a grinder.
1: Yeah, but like I eventually like despawned all the enemies of that area because it was so hard. And the run up is actually pretty quick. <laughs> it's like a ninety second run up or something like that. Like if you don't have any enemies in your way, it's very quick. But with all those enemies in your way, it's like a fifteen minute ordeal to try to get past them all. And then you run into the smelt demon and. Uh, not to be, like, impolite, but fuck the Smelter Demon. Um, (laughs) uh, and, like, that's the thing. Like, the game rewards you going through this really brutal thing by throwing a brutal thing at you, expecting you to do it. And then once you, um, once you fail at it, and because it's a Smelter Demon, you will fail at it, um, you then have to go through and fight through this brutality again. Um, was the, um, was the shortcut to the second part of Iron Keep there in the vanilla version? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you, like, you could bypass this if you want to. Um,
0: yes. But like, just, the, it's totally an optional little side path. Um, yeah. But you are you are rewarded with that like middle of the road bonfire. So yeah. like, Once you have that, like it's.
1: Is there not? But there's also a bonfire from, uh, what's it, Belfry Soul or Belfry Luna that you can go through. That's the bonfire I always used. Um.
0: Um. For some reason, I thought for. It's Belfry, Belfry Soul, but for some reason I thought, like, you... The way that that was positioned, you had to drop down to it. So, like, you couldn't get out to the main level, like, without going through Belfry's Soul from that bonfire. No, I, no, I might be wrong. No, it's, you, it's really uh,
1: you might have to. I yeah. can't remember, but I do remember I beat I thought, the all-
0: I... I thought they had kind of segmented out. Like, it was one of those, like, um, thigh-high, uh, you know, barriers that your character, who is a giant yep. warrior with 50 strength and 20 dex, can't surmount. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <he> can't jump. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, like I beat the old Iron King
1: before I beat the Smelter Demon. But then I felt, okay, this game's gonna throw brutality at me. I'm gonna do it. Because I am a badass motherfucker. And I can beat this game. So fuck you, Smelter Demon. I could beat you. And I spent so long on it, but I eventually got it. I think I beat I think about the Smelter Demon after I beat Nishandra. Maybe. But I was like so determined wow. that I could do it. like I was so determined because I felt like I needed that experience to fully get um like the fullest out of that game. Um, what,
0: um, just a, a question kind of off the beaten path since we sure. started this whole conversation with about music. Um, yeah. like, do you prefer the soundtrack to Dark Souls 2 over Dark Souls 1? Like, are you kind of into it? Do you also um, have that one on your phone like you talked about? <laughs> um,
1: I don't have either of those soundtracks on my phone. I think the, oh, I think the Dark Souls sorry. 1, like, I've, I've only got the Dark Souls 3 one at the moment because, um, it's like, like, I delete all the music on my phone every few months. Um. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, like, um, I, I, just try, I try and. and I, yeah. That. I try. I may have like this spoke. Like I try and cycle things out. I'll probably put them back on at some point. I think the Dark Souls One music is more iconic. I think the Dark Souls Two music is better.
0: Okay. Um, that's, that's a fair point. Like
1: I, if I was going to put uh, like that soundtrack on to listen to, I'd put the Dark Souls Two soundtrack on. Um, especially the DLC. I think the music in that is especially strong like um the few nights everything
0: like, in the DLC is especially strong like that's that, the that might be best my, part of Dark Souls 2 that might be my favorite thing in games like that DLC
1: ever it's so so good is there
0: is there one specifically that, that you enjoy um what's the name of out of I'm, the three I'm just trying to think of the name uh there's Alien Sunken Boys. King Alien Iron Voice. King and Ilium Voice yeah. yeah um
1: which I mean is a sim- like it's a similar for that reason of um like learning how to play the game but also just like I I view Dark Souls, like, the value of Dark Souls, for me, is, like, 70% gameplay, 20% atmosphere, 10% plot. Approximately. Okay. Yeah. So, like, walking into Alien Voice and seeing that giant winter vista, um, and coming from, like, a land where we don't get snow, or, like, it's always sunny. It's, like, 20 degrees and sunny outside at the moment. It's, like, the coldest day of winter. Um, Like, just going through there, like, seeing this giant vista of snow, uh, playing through the entire thing, Getting like totally destroyed by that one invader, at the end,
0: which is so great. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so yeah. good. It was just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good.
1: Um, spending like I spent an entire Sunday on Arthur. Like, eight, I got up at yeah. nine a.m. Went okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the king's pet into submission and like couldn't do it. And then like the next day I like, got home from work. I was in a terrible mood. I was like, eh, I'll play some Dark Souls, whatever. Um, and like got it first go, but like just that that entire DLC was like so like like not 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 to use a, like a simple word but it's just so good <laughs> um it is it is just it, so good it's just, yeah you're, it's, you're absolutely um, right about that like as an encapsulation of all things dark souls like that is that is what i want from a dark souls game encased in like this 4 to 6 hours of gameplay it's so so well done so well built um and like the, like, even the mu- like the music for the um, Bird of Ivory King fight is like one of my favorite tracks from a Dark Souls game and it fits the fight so so well um, man that
0: Ivory King fight is oh, one of my favorite boss fights of all time like the it, way that you can yeah. just bring in a whole crew of people into it like yeah. it's it's just, oh, man. Um, I was really hoping that with, like, the new consoles, since they weren't, you know, wouldn't be chained down with the 360 or PS3 era technology, like, we would see more, like, huge battles like that yeah. in, in Dark Souls 3. And I know we get, like, the Curse Ride of Greatwood, which is good. Yep. And it does some of that, like, to scale. Um, But I was really, and I know, obviously, like, the Deacon fight is kind of similar to that. Yeah. Uh, just because it has, like, 50 dudes on the screen at one time. But yeah. I was... I was kind of hoping it'd be more of like a brawler like thing. That's what
1: I was expecting. Like, I love the abyss watchers fight, but that's what I was expecting with that fight as well. Like, just a chaotic brawl. Um, I was I was actually like to like talk about like learning how to play the game. I was so immensely disappointed when I beat the burnt, ivory, the burnt ivory king first time because like I went to that fight. I was like, oh, this is this is yeah, this is it. I loved this immediately before even starting the fight. Like the the atmosphere. Uh, the the like space of play you do the fight in—it's so well done, and then you beat the fight, and he does like he uses a similar move set to you. It's a similar move set to Artorias, isn't it?
0: A little bit, yeah. yeah. He got he kind of does some like dodges and some some you know some some lunges. Yeah, that are very Artorias-like. Right. I think that. Once they once they created Artorias as a boss fight, and they realized like what they had got, gotten, yeah, or, like what they had done, they were like, yeah, we're we're going back to this well. So, yeah, like you can see elements of Artorias in a lot of boss fights that are you know in subsequent games. Okay, so I, I mean, just just look at like the Pursuer, like, like yeah. that's kind of an Artorias that would chase you across. He's obviously not like as uh, aggressive as um, Artorias is, but like he you know an Artorias that chases you throughout the game is kind of a cool thing. Yeah, that's
1: really cool. That's a really cool concept they introduced in Scholar. Um, yeah, like, that fight, like, I was just disappointed I could never do it again. Because, like, I'd have to go through and play 60 hours a game again to go back and play the Burnaby King again. And, like, I, I, like the DLC is so good that I kind of want to make an investment just for that fight.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super well done. Um, yeah, it's 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 so much fun. Yeah. What's your, uh, like, Like, do you have, like, a favorite area out of just any, any of the games? Any like of just the games. one that kind of speaks to you the most? Uh, mm. hmm. <laughs> Let me think. Got to put you on the spot. Yeah. I told you not to take any notes <laughs> and start asking you dumb questions <laughs> um, <like that. laughs>
1: So I don't re- usually do lore stuff. I'll do one for each game. Um, I think that's probably, like, the best way to go about it. I don't usually read lore stuff, but going back and listening to, like, Bonfire Side Chat and previous episodes of this and reading about the lore of it uh, New Londo Ruins is a terrifying area to me it's like like I'd never looked at the floor before I listened to those podcasts like six months ago or whatever um, and now like I, I was going through there to do Four Kings for New Game Plus and I looked at the floor and just went oh, what? what? <laughs> and I was just a, like total disbelief that I was walking on corpses this entire time and which I think is such a great conceit for a Souls, Souls game area uh, to talk
0: about you talked about sound design earlier, like that, yeah. that, that subtle crunch. Like, yeah, ugh, like ugh, I ugh. was
1: like I never noticed that the first time I was playing through it because I just obviously wasn't listening or anything. But like this time when I was going through it, like when I heard that crunch, I went, "Wait a minute, don't tell me." Am I, and I looked down. And I was like, "Oh, damn, Shit, no, I don't want to. I really, really do not want to do this. I don't want to walk on dead people for the next two hours." Um so like that's like my favorite dark souls one area uh dark souls 2 um outside of ilium lois which is like a really really great area and like maybe Mm -hmm. one of my favorites in games um
0: (laughs) probably um highest tower of flame really yeah it's an interesting one to choose i just think it's really pretty like like it is it is probably one of the best looking areas out there i remember getting out there like for the first time and even on the 360 at, the, at that time, like, it looks really, really great on the PS4, but yeah. like, on, even on the 360, I was, like, just stopped and was, like, turned off all the HUD elements and just, like, yeah. l- looked. <laughs> like, Trying to get at some weird camera <laughs> angles. And
1: I wasn't expecting to find that so early in the game. I Like, I know they usually save those vistas for, like, kind of a way in. So, like, going to the mm-hmm. secondary of the game and just seeing that, I was like, this is really, really nice. And, like... Yeah. Like, I like that, like, as much as I think Dark Souls 2 is my favorite game of the series... Like it's not so much as one area that stands out in the base game. It's just like it's consistently amazing the whole way through. Um, especially
0: like when uh, From Software pulls out the uh, like the daytime skyboxes. Yeah, sky because yeah, like those are always my favorite. And like you don't the, see them that often. Dark Dragon as well. Peak in Dark Souls Three is is just yeah. like that gorgeous blue sky. Like I don't think we've ever seen a sky that looks like that in any of the games. And like that's yeah. just so so much of a relief.
1: Yeah, and because you see it so infrequently, it's a trick they like they use so effectively, and like as much as, like, the Dark Souls 3 boss, like, end boss might be a little lacking, like, having a big, bright red sky in the background as you're fighting it is so well done in terms of design. And oh, yeah, Dark Souls 3 is else, like,
0: yeah. hey, hey, we know how to skybox now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. every fucking area is like, <laughs> especially when you go back, um, like, to the earlier areas, like, after you've gotten past, like, the twist of the game or whatever, and it's like, yeah. wow, like, they, now they've actually, they went back and made like, all the Eclipse stuff, like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so we we can talk about that twist, right? Because that's what I was going to say for Dark Souls three as my favorite area. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're
0: cool. uh, we're wide open for spoilers. Awesome. Talk about what you want to. Do. Um,
1: so I remember I, I remember talking to you in Slack about this when this happened. Um, so I'm not very observant in terms of plot or lore, and I went to Dark Souls one mostly blind, so I didn't do the Guinevere stuff. Whatever, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Is Sorry, probably the boss you referred yes. to. Yeah. Um, that's okay. I still have not done that boss, so. Excuse me for my mistake. But I remember like beating Pontiff, Sullivan, uh, struggling against him because I can't parry still, uh, running up the um, the area, like the balustrades against the archers. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. this is this is familiar. Are they really using a mechanic again <laughs> from Alondo? Hmm. I wonder what they'll do with it. Ran up. Ran into Gwendolyn's, roo- uh, Gw- uh, Gw- Gwendolyn's room. Went... Uh this, this is like a long hallway. Okay, cool. There's a ring at the end that changes my gender. That's nice. Uh, went up to the circular towers. Didn't recognize it. Didn't wasn't like, uh oh, this looks kind of familiar. Just went, oh, it's a nice circular tower. Cool. Like pulled the switch, ran up the the um staircase, ran up ran up the um not the staircase, the uh like the walkway.
0: <laughs> and this this circular t- staircase, yeah, so you can get to the top yeah. of the t- tower. Yeah,
1: and I, r- I ran up to the bonfire, and they do this so, so well. It's, it's like, really tremendous. As you hit the bonfire, um, the staircase with the giant staircase and the people's staircase comes into view as the title card comes up, and it says, Anor Londo. And I just went, like, I threw the controller
0: down. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> What? what it's one of the it's one of the better moments like yeah. out of any of these games like it's it's just so good yeah like, it, like a- the whole lead up and I, I've told this story before but I was I was spoiled on the on the fact that this was in the game by the game itself really like one of the NPCs of the game had told me. Um, like, hey, you you're, you need to go marry this chick, and it's going to happen in the Dark Moon ah. Tomb Anne Orlando. And I was like, the Dark Moon Tomb in Orlando, like the, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> the one? okay. So, you, like and, you found uh, the... oh, because you did the oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, the, yeah, the usurper ending. Right. Um yeah. but like even then, um, you get to that area uh, like that's with all the dead giants or whatever. And I was like, man, this is this is like weird. This is kind of like. Stuff looks weird, <laughs> and then like you you start getting up into those uh, like uh, where the, the archers actually start firing at you, and you're like, "Wait a minute, yeah. what is this? What what am I doing?" Yeah, and then like even like had even though the game had explicitly told me you're going to go do this thing in the you know dark mutant manor wando, <laughs> it was still a kind of a surprise. Right. So I was like, "Oh shit, yeah. I can't believe this." Um. Yeah, yeah like- I'm so glad. Um, I had a I had a friend, or actually a former guest on the show, um, LT. Yep. He was watching uh, just PVP videos right before the game came out because you know they had released it to streamers. So he got and not even thinking about like he was just watching people stream PVP stuff, not even thinking that there would be like a a spoiler or anything. But you know, one of the main PVP zones in the game is in Orlando and he was yeah. like, "Well, fuck me!" <laughs> so he was spoiled on it, and I, and I felt bad for that dude. Like that's a big thing to get spoiled yeah. on this game. So. Like
1: I got the um, like going back to the bombcast. I was listening to the bombcast like a couple of weeks before like Dark Souls Three was released. And they spoiled the uh, Firelink surprise.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I immediately Fucking Brad Shoemaker. Yeah. yeah,
1: damn it, Brad. And I like that was my point where I was like, I'm going to this game blind because the last two games I'd had wikis. I'd come after release, like all the information be out there. I'm going to this one as blind as I can. So that was like the moment where I was like, I'd become so invested in playing these games that I actually altered my media consumption habits dramatically to account for a better experience of playing this game. Um,
0: My favorite is, anecdote about that is uh, Patty from Twin Humanities, He yeah. literally, apparently, just turned his YouTube channel into nothing but wrestling videos, <laughs> so he could avoid Dark Souls yeah. three spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just, I, yeah. yeah, that's so funny.
1: There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with wrestling videos. <laughs> um, actually, sure. yeah, like, um, I think Dark Souls also does like that performativity in terms of telling a story, like wrestling does really well. Like as a diehard like, slightly guilty wrestling fan, mm-hmm. um, I think the physicality of telling a story and, like, um, like through encounters, like, trying to utilise the space around you and the instruments available to you to construct, like, um, an experience is done actually kind of in a style like a wrestling match in some of these boss fights. Like, hmm. like, um... To go back to Capra. For so
0: wrestling is the Dark Souls of real sports? Wrestling is the Dark is Souls of real sports, yes. Okay. I'm, okay. Uh, I'm
1: declaring okay. it now, like, put into law. I can. I if can I actually had
0: uh, titles for this podcast, like, for the episodes, besides yeah. just the guest name, that would be the title <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> but, like the, Capra, like, the Capra team, his weakness is you jump onto
1: him from a deep, great height. And there are wrestlers who are, like, weak to people jumping onto the great heights, say. Like, that's an example that you could put. Like, there are people who can't take submission wrestling so you go around you attack their legs um, sure so yeah. yeah
0: until they fall down and then you can knock them over a cliff exactly Absolutely. yeah
1: mm-hmm. um, I'm also currently um, it's too bad that Dark Souls 1 doesn't have good um, character customization options because I kind of want to do a Hulk Hogan run at these games huh. I just run around I bet around. you could
0: pull off a Hulk Hogan like, yeah. I don't know if the. I don't think there's a, there's a mullet I'm pretty sure there's, there's a, a mullet yeah here exactly well. yeah. I want the mustache I
1: want the Hulk rules t-shirt I want to be able to rip it off halfway through a fight when I Hulk up
0: well, if you uh if you get into the modding scene, like I'm sure, like there, there's probably a Hulk Hogan, like, yeah. complete you know texture kit on Nexus mods <laughs> because you can get anything for that fucking game. As
1: as long as it doesn't have all the horrible things Hulk Hogan does with it. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Just just like that that, that dude that I, like as a kid that I was really into yeah. because he was like you know Dom on TV exactly. Or um. Well, we've hit about the 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 length of time that I like for these episodes to be. But, uh, before we go, is there like any like final thoughts that you have on the soul series as a whole, that you'd like to tell everybody?
1: Uh, Hmm. These games like, (laughs) sorry, uh, like lots of preparation going in here, obviously. Um, yeah, definitely,
0: definitely puts you on the spot. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay.
1: Um, I think just, they're really, really special. And, um, I think sometimes people when they uh, like um when they like analyze these games or do speedruns or like data mine for these games, uh, they sort of lose sight of like how um like like the experiences that these games could give to players. And like I'm currently considering going and buying a PS three to play Demon Souls and only Demon Souls. Like making a hundreds of dollar investment to get more of the emotional experience that I got out of these games. Um and I think that's like that's a really important thing but also something people kind of maybe lose track of a little bit. So I guess like I just uh like keep an eye out for like the experiences you can have playing these games and try and be open yeah. to like other experiences. Like these games like not to be cliché, but these games in a way they like saved my life in a really powerful way. Um so like when, when you're like saying that the fume knight is a great boss or a bad boss like i guess just allow for like variance in opinion and variance in difference like different sort of perspectives on a thing and like be open to the idea that these games like they are so like so special um
0: it's really difficult for me to explain to people like um like my friends that yeah. really aren't into video games um that like telling somebody that i've run a dark souls podcast and people are like what's dark souls and i'm like well this is gonna sound real dumb, but Dark Souls is actually kind of an important game in my life. Like yeah. it's changed, like, like it's it's like fractions of a percent, like is the, the most important thing in my life. Like no, nothing <laughs> like that, but like yeah. you know, I don't, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't have ever done a podcast, which is now like one of my favorite things to do. If it wasn't for me killing dudes in Dark Souls one PvP, yeah, like. Like it's it's easy to sound cliche when you say like these games are important or these games mean a lot to me, but like I think people actually have real experiences and like as weird as it sounds, life changing experiences. Yeah. It. So like I, I don't think that's a I don't think that's cliche at all. <laughs> like my best friend plays
1: Dota, so he like I don't think those games are very good, but I also don't think they're capable of the emotional experience that Dark Souls is. Um. So yeah, like be open and don't be cynical. I guess would be.
0: The thing, that's, like, hey, that's probably good advice for everything well and not yeah just our soul. <laughs> where can you uh where can people find you on the internet uh, this has do been have, a lot of fun do you have places you'd love to plug um
1: yeah uh all right I, f- I feel dirty plugging things but sure why not uh you can find me yeah, on d- t- do the thing okay you can find me on twitter at let me just get the name up because I changed it recently uh the ghast rewind so t-h-e-g-h-a-s-t rewind um, and to put pressure on myself to finally finish a thing, um, if you would like to listen to the thing that I am currently recording, which is of a musical v- nature, you could find that at Spelling, or one word, uh, at com, and that will be a thing that will be at, hopefully, before this episode goes up, I don't know, like, I'm, Creativity's hard, okay?
0: I'm working on it. It's, it, takes, it takes a while. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. It's super hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, this episode, just to let you know, I mean, it'll be probably a couple of months. Yeah, that's maybe. cool. Uh, so I've got, I I got time. Like, number, you get like, I've got, like, 15 or 16 of these books that oh, need to go good. out, so that many <sighs> weeks. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, can, know, it's
1: ridiculous. I can, like, go and sit on the beach for a while.
0: Sure. Yeah, we have <laughs> just wait till the last minute. Definitely. Okay, yeah. that's what that's what, every, that's what I do. Yeah. Why yeah. procrastinate today, which you can put off tomorrow? Yeah.
1: Kill, yeah. Don't 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 give me that idea because I might just do it.
0: <laughs> and as okay. always, I've been your host at JG Greer on Twitter. Um, you can find this podcast at DGUS Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to come on the the show like Liam did and tell your soul story, you can send me an email at Podcast at gmail and uh, just kind of give me a brief summary of your soul story and uh, I'll get back in touch with you and I'll add you to the list I have literally not said no to anybody <laughs> and uh, so like I have, I have not turned anybody down everybody who's contacted me is on the list and I probably at least exchanged a little bit of contact with I've had people from um I've had questions from people asking like hey I don't You know, I don't, like, how much expertise do I need? And uh, the only thing that I ask is that you have at least played the games. And obviously, (laughs) with Liam here, I didn't even ask that he played all of the games. So just three out of five is okay. Um, I don't have the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. not everybody has time to play video games. Uh, So, yeah, send me an email. Don't be shy. I'm uh, I'm very interested in everyone's opinions. So, you know, send it in, and we'll, we'll get to talking. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode.
1: Thank you, Jeremy. It's been a lot of fun.